My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh, and this is Steelers country. All right, this is Steeler country. I'm your host, Tony. Welcome back. The Steelers win over the Buffalo Bills 27-20, a big win for the Steelers, putting them to 8-5 and now. A game over the Baltimore Ravens, who did lose to the New England Patriots. And a huge game from Le'Veon Bell. What a performance. 236 yards on the ground, 62 through the air. The second half of this football game was all Le'Veon, all the time. And yet, somehow, I come out of this game, and I'm not feeling better about this team than I did coming in. And this was a game, like like we talked about last week on this podcast, where this is a test, right? This is a, a, a team the Steelers should beat on the road. It has all the makings of the kind of Steeler loss that we would see. And they came out, they played decent football. They Obviously, Le'Veon ran the ball all over the field. He had uh, the best performance by a Steeler running back of all time statistically, and probably the best performance by a running back that I've ever seen in, wa- in my 20 years of watching football. The defense was swarming. Uh, they, they stopped the best rushing offense in the league, held them to 67 yards. It was, you know, front to back here, it was it was a dominating performance outside of the play of our Hall of Fame quarterback who had three terrible interceptions, one of which, you know, at this point, it seems pretty clear Ladarius Green ran the wrong route. The other two interceptions you can't really explain, and the thing that gets me about Ben right now is that we could, as Steeler fans, and we all want to just say, well, this was like a weird fluky Three interception game. We won. Who cares? Doesn't matter. But what worries me about Ben Roethlisberger right now is that this this type of game from him, the go on the road and play poorly, is not a fluke. This is becoming a trend now. If you look at Ben Roethlisberger over the last two seasons, well, let's just take this season. He's thrown 17 touchdowns, three interceptions at home. Eight touchdowns, eight interceptions on the road. He has 11% completion percentage difference, 70 to 59, home versus road. There's a huge drop-off between Ben at home and Ben on the road. And you look at, and you go back to last season, and it was the same thing. 16 touchdowns, 7 interceptions at home. 5 touchdowns, 9 interceptions at home. This is a two-season thing now for Ben. And I don't know, looking at where this team is right now, yeah, we can fluke our way into the two seed, but like we said last week, this team's going to have to go on the road twice. We're going to have to beat Oakland or Kansas City, and then we're going to have to beat New England or vice versa. And we're going to have to do that on the road twice. We can't afford for our Hall of Fame quarterback to have performances like this. We can beat the Buffalo Bills playing like this, and I think it's, I think it's a testament to this team that, they're gonna, that they played this well, and they won this game in a game where their Hall of Fame quarterback played so poorly. But I don't think that's going to be true even in this next game. I don't think that's going to be true against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think you can win a game with your quarterback playing this poorly against your division rival on the road. I mean, we'll see. You know, we're, we, This is another test for this team coming up against Cincinnati. And actually, as we do this podcast, we go down the stretch, we're going to do another three-man pod. Let's bring Mike and Joe in. Guys, are you guys as worried as I am about Ben Roethlisberger? Tony, I've been I've been biting my tongue over here. I can't believe what you're saying about this. No, I'm not worried about Ben Roethlisberger. I don't even know where to begin. Let's just begin with this game. Okay, you already admitted the first interception was probably a miscommunication, right? Right. Okay, the second inter- interception um, was it was probably just a poor throw, or that could have been miscommunication too, because he threw it outside and, and AB was not outside. I right. can't remember. Maybe that was the third one. But the, and the one in the end zone was bad in that um, basically 
he could have threw the tight. I think it was a tight end. He could have threw him open. If he threw it deeper in the back of the end zone, right. he kind of just kind of whatever lollipopped it. Yeah. But but Ben said it was a great. He said he would not have done anything different on that play, and um, it was a great play by the linebacker. And I do recall an interception like that basically his rookie year, so it's hard to compare that. But again, against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, where you know we were in a position to kick a field goal to really put the game away, and he threw an interception where he underthrows a guy, but. And, and that and that interception in the end zone, that's what I was thinking. It was like, man, what were we up, 21-7? Yeah, you throw the interception, you let him back in the game, 21-14, because I think they came down and scored, or at least. But if you would have kicked the field goal, it would have been 24-7. So you can't do that. But it's hard for me to say, hey, Ben, be careful with the ball, the weather and the snow, you got to be careful, because then you wouldn't have plays like the deep balls that he threw to A.B., Right. And I think he had a, a couple of deep balls. So you, you just can't do that. I'm not worried about Ben. Joe, what about you? Uh, I'm a little worried about Ben because, you know what, Ben is a he's kind of a sensitive guy. And, you know, he's at home and his fans are cheering. He feels it. He feels good about it. And he, and he just gets up on it and, and, he, and he's very excited about it. He goes on the road. The fans are mean and they boo. And they're not very nice. And that, that bothers him. And, so obvi- <laughs> and it shows in his play. And I just think that really the NFL – the NFL needs to rip a page out of the college universities. I think they may be doing this on college football teams, though. <laughs> but they have a little safe space for Ben. <laughs> ben, ben, when he goes on the road, he needs a little safe space. Maybe they give him a little little play doh and a little, maybe a lot of the cheerleaders come over and tell him what a good guy he is and how good he's doing and all that. And I think he'll be just fine. I, I think you guys are good. <laughs> go ahead. I, well, I think I think look, I, I get Ben trying to rationalize the interceptions after the game, right? Oh, you know, Ladarius and I need to get on the same page. The second one, you know, I should have called the timeout. And then the third one, okay, the third one, is it a great play by the linebacker? Yeah, only because he threw it poorly. Like, it's a great play by the linebacker because you threw it poorly. And it doesn't explain the other, you know, it's three interceptions that should have been five. You know, like there was, it doesn't explain the throw to to A.B. in the back of the end zone that should have been intercepted, hit a defender right in the hands. Doesn't explain the other one to Ladarius, double coverage, should have been intercepted, Right. It was snowing, okay? <laughs> it was almost a blizzard out there. Here's the other thing. You're comparing his away, his home and away stats, and I know that's kind of interesting to do. And, and Joe, I don't think Ben cares about you know playing away and being scared of the fans and stuff. He doesn't I was being facetious. Okay. I am not worried about Ben at all. Oh, my okay. God. That was supposed to be funny. We're, we're the most me. traveled. You know, the Steelers are the most traveled team, so I think he actually does have a safe space when he goes on the road. That's true. Because there's That's true. more Steelers fans there than there, there should be. But let's just look at his losses. I mean, the losses, the away losses this year. I mean, two of three of them, what was it? The ones I want to point out are the Eagles, the Dolphins, and... The Ravens. What was the other one? And the Ravens. I mean, the, the Dolphins, he got injured in that game, and... Granted, he wasn't playing well up until the uh, up right. until the injury, but he does come out of that sometimes. Yeah, but he comes out of that sometimes. He, but he they, was injured. Yeah, he was injured. And the Ravens game, he came back too soon for the Ravens game. So you almost have to throw those two games out, or at least a game and a half of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, look. And the other thing is, you know, okay, I, I get the ra- look, uh, We can rationalize this. Yes, we can say, look, he did play. He played poorly against Miami, but he got hurt, and he could have played better afterwards. And Ravens clearly, he came back too early. And you can even go back to last season and say, yeah, he played poorly on the road last season, but in the playoffs, he actually didn't play that poorly, right? He really wasn't the reason we lost to Denver. Um, he actually played pretty well in that game. And against Cincinnati, I mean, he had the miracle drive at the end. But it just, you know, it's – we're going down the stretch. We're, this is a stretch run for the Steelers. We said this last week, right? we got to win seven straight to end this, ten this season. Le'Veon Bell's never played in a playoff game before. Le'Veon Bell's never played in an NFL playoff game. Antonio Brown has only played in, what, three meaningful playoff games other than his cameo in 2010 against Baltimore, right? Oh, and what a cameo it was. <laughs> it was a hell of a helmet. You should. <laughs> the helmet catch. You should go back and play back my MVP speech <laughs> about that catch <laughs> for him. You should right. find that in the annals of your podcast and play it for this but, little second here. My point here is that, okay, these are our three best players, right? Le'Veon never played in a playoff game before. A.B., he's played in three, plus his cameo. Ben is our Hall of Fame, won two Super Bowls, tried and true, like he's been there, done that. He's our leader. And in a, in a game where we, it's a, it's a can't lose to, you can't lose to Buffalo. And he has his worst performance 
of the year. I mean, well, I, you know, it's, it's tough to say it's worse because Baltimore was equally bad, right? But down the stretch here, I need to see Ben playing the best football, not the worst football, but we, bail, but we bailed him out. And, and the other thing, and, and you know, I, I do feel like this, this season is going to play out like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, right? M. Night Shyamalan movies, are, their characteristic is always like you never see the ending coming, right? You think it's one thing, and then at the end he flips it for you. And this whole season... We have gone, oh, it's going to be the defense. Oh, it's going to be the defense. Oh, it's, it's going to be the defense that screws us in the end here. I think Ben screws us in the playoffs. I think if we're going to lose in the playoffs, it's going to be because Ben has one of these games in the playoffs. You're crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that could happen, but I, I don't see it. I, I, uh, I give him the weather excuse. And, I mean, if there's any guy that you want in the playoffs, it's Ben, basically. I mean, he's going to, he's going to come out and he's going to play in the playoffs. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I, I hope I hope you're right. I hope you're right because uh, because uh, everything else about this football game has me believe, like truly believing that this team is is becoming a special football team in a in a league where there really isn't a, like a, a a number one. You can't beat this team, right? This for, let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. This performance to me, like I said, it's no doubt the best Steeler performance. Of a running back ever, um, I think the the ones that I remember uh, just in, in in watching was the two games of by Jerome Bettis, one against the the St. Louis Rams, I believe that was his second year as a Steeler, where he just absolutely dominated his former team, uh, and then the other one that comes to mind is is Jerome Bettis in the snow uh, against the Chicago Bears. That was the game they were the Steelers were seven and five that year. That was two thousand and five. They went on to win the Super Bowl that year. They, they won that game and then did not lose again, won the Super Bowl. Uh, Jerome Bettis absolutely down. You know, he ran over Urlacher on his way to a, to a touchdown. Um, I, I can't think of a better performance, though, than what Le'Veon Bell did on Sunday. It was phenomenal. It was. And I really, I truly, truly enjoyed it. And I, and I, and I enjoyed it from the beginning to the end. Um, you could kind of tell what was going on, and uh, and I, and I even I even said to you, was, I guess it was because it was the snow, and it was just like, how are you going to throw the ball on this? And that's that's kind of why I'm I'm not all over Ben, you know, just to put a uh, one one last little footnote on the Ben conversation, but uh, but Le'Veon, you know, him taking the game over, that's what you want to happen in the snow. It's hard to play, the uh, you know, let's let's uh, let's pass the ball, you know, sixty five percent of the time. Um, so, so give the ball to Le'Veon and, and then let that offensive line do its thing. And man, did it ever. Um, and, uh, and I remember saying to you, it, it, and it was something about the snow or whatever, but Le'Veon, the way he was stringing out and he would, and he would be, he would be slow looking for his holes reminded me very much of Franco Harris in the snow, um, uh, back in the day. It was really fun to watch. That was, that was, that was just a great, that was a great thing to watch. That was, that was so fun. It was a classic Steeler-esque, you know, old 70s-style football with all the running. And just watching Le'Veon was, uh, it was great. His I mean, that's who we drafted. Yeah, his ability to, to get the extra yards and to be patient and, and to, you know, his ability to not take negative plays was, like, like you said, Joe, in, the, in this weather, it was just an extra... Uh, it was the, the extra thing that he needed to, to put him over the top. Um, you know, he he was able to, because he was patient, he wasn't slipping and sliding, whereas defenders who were trying to run at him were slipping and sliding. And he was able, because his feet were in the ground, he was already slow, to make a cut. We're not going full speed, right? Because he's never, because Le'Veon's really never going full speed. And so he's able to make guys miss in the hole and able to make guys miss, um, you know, afterwards that... It, it just it, it was just piling on and on and on, um, and then his performance out of the back, you know out of the backfield as well, getting those little checkdowns from Ben. Um, it, you mean Ben? Ben threw pretty well to him too, didn't he? Those checkdowns. <laughs> ben did. Listen, right between ben, the numbers. <laughs> right between hit him hit him right in the numbers every time. Um, no, but but Le'Veon Le'Veon Bell has taken his game to another level, right? And it reminds me of I don't know if you guys remember the Tennessee game. Uh, two years ago, the Steelers were losing to the then like three and ten oh, Tennessee yeah. Titans. The Steelers needed to win that game to stay in the playoff hunt. 
um, against Baltimore of all teams. Actually, no, it was against Cincinnati that year. Um, they needed to stay in the hunt with Cincinnati because they, they, they had, a, they had a, a showdown looming later in the year um, with Cincinnati for the division. They were losing, they, they were losing to, to Zach Mettenberger, who is a current Steeler right now, in, in, a game <laughs> that right. was, in a game that was just completely foolish that the Steelers were – it was even a game. And in the second half, they did a very similar thing where they just continued to give the ball to Le'Veon every single play. And it was that game that I realized not just how patient Le'Veon was, but how strong he is too. And that's, that's the thing that, that, about Le'Veon. It's like, yeah, he, you know, everyone talks about, oh, he's so patient, he's so patient. But he's, but he's not really Parker. He's not patient, but then he falls backwards, you know. He's willing to take that. He's not running. Le'Veon never runs out of bounds. There were times at the end of this game where he was, it was just, he didn't need to get the extra yards. The game was pretty much in hand. We were driving at the end to kick a field goal to make it a 13-point game instead of a 10-point game. And he's hurdling a guy. You know, Phil Simms like, oh, you can't do that. You're risking injury. You can't do that. Um, he was, and then there was a, on the last drive where he just went shoulder to shoulder with a guy and just ran him over down the <laughs> sideline for just one extra yard. Absolutely unnecessary. But it's the kind right. of player that he is. It is the, it is the tone that he sets um, that, that makes the difference. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's making those hits after he already got the first down. You're right. And then he hits like that. You know, if you haven't seen it, Steelers.com, I believe, uh, has a, uh, a video segment of all of his runs in order. Yeah. You know, just one after another. It's just fun to watch. And and the one thing that gets overlooked on that, at least for me, during the game, is watching the line play, especially watching the guards pull and stuff. When you watch it on Steelers.com and you watch it over and over a couple of times and you really concentrate on the on the offensive line, it's it's pretty cool to watch because it's um, exactly how I'm sure they drew it up, uh, a lot of those plays. And, and you're right, man. Le'Veon, he's, I mean, I call him best player in the NFL. He just, he's playing like it, and um, it's fun to watch. They're, they're talking now. I mean, you know, there has been talk about Le'Veon for MVP, and I think part of that is because there is no quarterback who has been completely dominating start to finish this year. Um, you know, this is a, an off year for the entire league. There is no dominating team. And, and you know, the, the team that you would put there is the Cowboys, but they're going to split votes between Dak and Zeke. So um, I think I think Le'Veon has, at this point, earned a, at least a, a spot in that conversation, right? He What he has done, we talked about him last week, you know, what he had done previous to this game. But this was like a step beyond that. And, Joe, Joe you talked about last week, you know, the – Watching DeCastro get down the field, watching Pouncey get down the field, Le'Veon has become like one with his offensive line, where he knows where the offensive line is going to be, stays patient with them, stays behind them. And the other thing that really got going in this game, and Tomlin talked about it today during his press conference, is Roosevelt Nix, the fullback, has made a humongous impact on Le'Veon's running. The third touchdown in that Le'Veon got in this game, he was untouched. And the reason he was untouched is because he just stayed behind Roosevelt Nix and let him absolutely roll over the corner of safety, whoever that was, and just walked right into the end zone. And he did that time and time again. Roosevelt Nix is play, had, a, had just as good a game as Le'Veon did running. Roosevelt Nix had blocking and on special teams. Yeah, we, know, we did notice um, Nix in, in the game, and I'm really happy. Not, uh, there's not much that could make me happier than, than seeing, um, seeing an effective fullback on our team, you know, blocking for a great runner. Um, and I just think, I think the, the offensive line, I think is, is, um, is a talented line. You know, they're, they're all high draft picks. They all came with a lot of promise to the team. They're all, you know, they've all got a few years under their belt and they have a, a super talented guy behind them. And they all know that now. And, and I think success breeds success. I think overachievement um, raises the level of play of the other people around you. It's inspirational, so to speak. Um, and so I, I think there is, I think there's part of that, you know, to a man saying, hey, if, if I do my job, Le'Veon is going to exploit this. Le'Veon's going gonna, to, he's going he's to make something happen if I just get this done. Um, and, and I think that's what's going on there. I think the guys are all capable of it, and, they, and now they all believe, um, and, and they know if they just do their job, it's going to be successful. Um, it is. It is. A, it is a phenomenal thing to watch, and and to the point, um, you know, that I have made ad nauseum on this podcast, and I'll, I'll be quick about it. Um, you know, a passing game 
not so good in the snow, not so good in the weather, not so good when your guys are off a little bit or they got out of bed on the wrong side of the bed. Um, a running game, you can take it on the road, you can take it at home, you can take it at 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, Monday night, playoffs in September or in the Super Bowl. Running game is block, 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 and run them over, and it, and it works every single time. Um, it, it, so the, the reason we won this game is because it's not a one-dimensional team. Um, they had they didn't just have to throw the ball to win. No, I mean, well, it almost was a one-dimensional team in the other direction, and it was running, and it was, I'm going to run, and you know I'm going to run, and I'm still going to run, and I'm going to get the first down. Um, and you're right. No, you're absolutely right, Joe. And, and that's what, you know, that, that, that really brings me to the, to the next point, which is I think we need to talk about contextually what Ben's performance, if you take Ben's performance and put it, by itself, right? 17 and 31, 223 interceptions. Okay, then you take the rest of the team's performance. I think the way Ben played, if you just take it in a vacuum, 29 times out of 30, the Steelers lose that game. If you just look at that stat sheet, you go, oh, the Steelers lost that game. How, how bad was that? But because this team can is, is able now to play legitimately good defense, not like, oh, we're, we stop you in the 20s and we hold you to field goal style of defense. No, no, legitimate, what is your strength? I'm going to take it away from you and make you beat me in a way you're not comfortable with. That style of defense, again, matched with a running game that you know I'm going to run, I know I'm going to run, and let's see what you do. Uh, that makes me excited about this team going forward uh, it is it, it is something that in the playoffs, if we can replicate, minus Ben's three interceptions, we will be there in January, at the end of January, and maybe even into February. I, I agree. I see where you're coming from. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I've said it already. I'm not going to harp on, on Ben's play in this game, but it's nice to see. I really think that, and, and Tomlin, or one of the linemen said it about Tomlin at halftime, you know, basically, they kind of took the ball out of Ben's hands in the second half and said they're going to, would one of the linemen say that they're going to ride Le'Veon out of the stadium? Yeah, and they but, did. No, but my point is, like, doesn't that, don't, don't you think that that is an evolution of this team that six weeks ago we couldn't have counted on? Right, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's, you know, the Patriots do the same thing, where they come out just running or just passing Right. Uh, basically because they think that's the matchup that, that works better for them in that one particular game. And in this instance, you know, based on the weather and everything, and really maybe the way that it started, I mean, th we came out in this game, and Tomlin said it in the press conference, to kind of open them up to to basically set up the run. They they threw the ball like four, five, six times to start open the game, even though they were kind of short passes. Yeah, they were they, they came out throw, 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 um, and then they, they switched the game plan up at halftime to just run every single play. And, but that was because the running was successful. After yeah. they threw the first six plays, they saw the running was successful. And, and you kind of looked at it in the first quarter, it almost looked like the Bills didn't want to be there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, every interception that Ben threw kind of got the Bills back, you know, kind of got them a little more momentum. But then it was just kind of like we would chip them down, then something, you know, Ben would throw one of those picks, and then, oh, well, we got to do it again. We chip them down again. You know, and it just um, – to me, like the sequence of the game – I know you guys don't like me harping on these Ben interceptions. But I think it's it, – it, it ends up – if you guys are right about Ben and this never happens again, this game ends up being a net positive. Because I think the biggest – the biggest swing in this game to me was not even a play that involved Le'Veon. It's – Ben throws the, the third pick. It's 21-7. to seven. Ben throws a pick in the end zone. Now Buffalo's right back in it. And if the defense – is what we think, what we thought it was three, four weeks ago. The Bills go down and score there, make it 21 to 14, and everyone in Pittsburgh is going, oh shit, here we go, like this could fall apart. And the very next play, instead of that, boom, interception, Steelers offense has the ball back again, and we go back down and score, and it's game over. That to me was like the sequence that kind of defines this game or defies the logic of what people thought this team was three, four weeks ago. Well, um, uh, I mean, just going back to the offense, uh, you know, before we switch to defense, um, 
you know, so so Le'Veon puts on this 300-yard performance this week. So now next week the Steelers face the Bengals. So what do the Bengals do? Do they come out to stop Le'Veon? Or do they come out ready for the, um, you know, ready for the Steelers to throw the ball all over them? What, what, what are they, you know, what, what's what's your defensive game plan against the Steelers next week? And and that that's what's cool about this, um, you know, is that uh, you know you don't, the Steelers don't have to be they don't have to be one dimensional. They don't have to do the same thing, you know, week in and week out. Next week, if, if the if the Bengals come out saying well, we're not going to let Le'Veon get three hundred yards. Well, then, hell, I, I expect to, I expect Ben to throw for 300 yards. Yeah, I mean, no, I think, I think that you know, you're absolutely right. If teams are going to come out and they're going to start putting safeties in the box and they're not going to double-team Le'Veon because they don't want this to happen to them, or they, they don't want to double-team Antonio because they, they want to make sure they stop Le'Veon, then you're absolutely right. It's going to flip the other way, uh, and Le'Veon's going to have a poor rushing day or just not have a lot of carries, um, but we're going to be throwing all over teams. It's what gets yeah I mean it's what gets me excited about about January football with this team. Should we should we get that far? You know, knock on wood. But I do I do want to talk about the defensive performance here as well, uh, because I know, you know, look, we have all been all three of us have been very hard on this defense at times this year or the entire year, um, but we saw in Cleveland. They, they turned a corner, and I know it was against a shitty team, but whatever. They turned a corner. They were much better. They sacked Cody Kessler or whatever, Josh McCown, nine, ten times in that game, right? Very uncharacteristic of the Steelers to get any sacks in that game, and they got pressure. And since that day, they've been getting pressure with consistency. For whatever reason, they've been getting pressure with consistency. And up until this game, right, where Tyrod Taylor was sacked in this game five times, uh, and, we, and they were able to take away – what this team, what this Buffalo Bills team relies on, which is LaShawn McCoy and Tyrod Taylor running the football. They only had 67 yards. This is a team that, that averages near 160 yards a game rushing. The Steelers' defense put them down, just had them rush for 67 yards. And, and I don't think it was a flawless performance for this defense. But again, defensively, when your quarterback is throwing three interceptions, you expect a Steeler defense that is what, what many consider to be a poor defense uh, to be giving up far more points than just than just 20, which four, seven or 14 of those came in garbage time plays. I think the defense is just really coming together. I mean, the young guys are stepping up, and it's just it's it's allowing you know 11 very good to great players on defense playing together, and. Um, I I just think it's uh, you know they're they're peaking or they're coming together they're gelling at the right time and Bud Dupree was a big factor this past week you know and, and just another guy coming back and another hat on the defense another guy another guy coming back from injury yeah I, was, I, was, I enjoyed seeing Dupree and Shazier on the field at the same time um, and I, I I always say every week you know. We need a playmakers. We need somebody to make a play, and 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 those two guys of the young guys, you know, outside of Tuit and and uh, Hayward, um, those are the two guys that are that are playmakers. They make plays. They don't make a lot of them, but they make plays, um, and they make exciting plays. So, you know, I'm I'm interested to see them. I'm very I'm, I'm excited, not just interested. I'm excited to see them play together. And to get more playing time, and to see what else they can they can produce. Because it's a, I mean, we're in for the Steelers. We're in playoff mode now. I right. mean, if the team doesn't realize that, you know, then, then they're not really professional football players. They're in playoff mode now. They're going to Cincinnati this week, um, and it, it's a it's a it's a playoff game. When you go down there. They got to win. I don't give a shit. It's a road game. It's a division <laughs> team. It's whatever. It doesn't. You got to win that game. <laughs> got to win that game. Yeah. No. No. You're right. I, um, and. No, I, I'm with you, John. I'm very excited to see what this defense does now that they're coming together. Um, they have a chance to be good enough, right? This defense is never going to be, like, fully dominating. They're not going to shut down Tom Brady. They're not going to wreak havoc on Tom Brady if we do play them in the playoffs. They're not shutting down, like, Atlanta's offense, right? But they're, but they're playing at a high level right now. They're playing with a bunch of confidence. They believe in themselves. Um, and guys like Sean Davis and Artie Burns 
and uh, Bud Dupree and Ryan Shazier are all playing as well as they've played all year. They're playing it right now together. Um, this team understands where they where they need to be on the field. They're playing assignment football. You know, you, you don't stop the Buffalo Bills rushing attack by just running around there, running around with your uh, you know like a chicken with your head cut off, right? You have to play assignment football. You have to be smart. Um, this that's something the Steelers did not do. You go back to what happened in Philly. Watch the game tape in Philly of guys taking terrible angles. Everybody just running around trying to stop Sproles and and uh, and that entire Philly offense. And it, was, it, it is night and day from what we're seeing right now. Um, the only thing that really worries me about this game, and I said this last week, is those mistakes that you're going to see these young guys make. And I think you know, the big one in this game was the 40-yarder that Charles Clay had where Artie, goes, Artie tries to guess and guesses wrong, goes for the, for the pick, doesn't get it. Then William Gay comes in for a tackle. Sean Davis takes a bad angle and actually hits William Gay and not Charles Clay. Charles Clay bounces off both, goes in for a touchdown, right? Two kind of rookie mistakes in the same play, boom, leads to seven points. It didn't end up hurting the Steelers at all in this game, but it's those, it's those kinds of plays that, as we go down the stretch here, you know, against New England, a play like that is going to hurt, right? Against Oakland, against Kansas City, th that kind of play is going to hurt you, uh, because those teams are more capable um, on both sides of the ball than than the Buffalo Bills. But overall, I think I think this defense is is arrow pointing up, and you know. People forget how good this defense was playing at the end of last season. Right? You look at Cincinnati and, and Denver, those two games were very much defensive struggles. I think you know, the one game was 18-16, to 16, the other one was 23-14 to 14 or whatever that game ended up being. Not high-scoring games, defensive games, games that the defense had to keep us in uh, by getting big stops. The arrow is pointing up again, and uh, I'm not saying that we're going to be playing defensive struggles in the playoff, or, but this, this defense is headed back to where it was at the end of last year. Yeah, and just seeing these young guys on the field, I mean, I, at least as a fan, I'm willing to live with those mistakes just to see them out there making plays uh, because they're getting the experience. And, and as we said, the defense is getting better. But we are going to see those mistakes every now and then, and uh, we're just going to have to overcome them. You know, try to hold them to a field goal, or our offense is going to need to step up and maybe score 30 points. Will we, will we score 30 points again? <laughs> this offense i don't even know i think we need another receiver to come back i did yeah you know sammy Coates or did you guys see what tomlin said about uh sammy Coates today i don't know if you guys read that quote. I, I did go ahead and yeah, yeah go ahead and tell his, us his quote was uh the broken fingers make it difficult to catch the ball consistently particularly when he's working back to the quarterback until we can get some comfort or clarity in that area his offensive contributions are going to be limited i know you guys think there's more to that story than what it is but it's not. The guy's got two broken fingers on one hand. Um, yeah, the question kind of indicated, well, is he just not playing because he's, he's not uh, healed yet? Or is it that he's just, he hasn't learned the offense yet? Yeah. Tom basically so he, shut that he, down. Yeah. But no, I, I agree. But I think, I think the, the Steelers need, they still, they're still missing that number two guy. We thought it was going to be Ladarius. Ladarius didn't really have much to do in this game. I think he only had like, four or five targets um after and after and that was a lot of that was before the interception after the interception he was kind of not involved at all yeah and i think that just has to do with the weather and kind of shutting down the passing game in the second half like you said yeah so i mean he, on, a, on a nice day route, if he ran the wrong route then it makes sense that they would you know sit him down for a little bit that's a good point so yeah they don't like that stuff no they do not like that Turnovers are bad. So the Steelers now go to the Cincinnati uh, Bengals. Uh, they go to Cincinnati. Uh, this is a game that in the grand scheme, this is like the ultimate test for this team's will because this game does not matter. In the grand scheme of things, Steelers can afford, because they are now ahead of the Baltimore Ravens by a game and they play them two weeks from now, they don't need to win out to win the division. They just need to beat Baltimore and another game, and it just so happens that that other game could be Cleveland because they played Cleveland last week. So this game doesn't really matter. Well, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter, but I could I understand what you're saying. They could afford to lose it. Right. But it would matter a lot, in my opinion, if Baltimore loses to Philly. 
then this game matters a lot because then we could take a two-game lead on Baltimore, and then the Baltimore game doesn't matter. Then the right? Bo- right? Yeah. Then the Baltimore game doesn't matter. Right. So, but, but, but the other, but the the main <laughs> thing about winning this game is stay on the roll. That's right. You you really need to win out. Joe said it last week. You need to win out to have a good chance at the you know to have that confidence going into the playoffs. This is a young team that has, you know, very little playoff experience uh, amongst them. Right. Um, they there is Le'Veon's never played in a playoff game. Antonio's played in three. None of the other receivers have played in a playoff game. Ladarius Green's never played in a playoff game. No one in that defense has played in a playoff game except Lawrence Timmons. Um, this team needs to be riding high going into the playoffs. We cannot afford a letdown game going into the playoffs at all. If we win this game and lose to Baltimore, it's the same story. You cannot afford to lose. This team just has to continue this role. Against Cincinnati, it's going to be tougher than Buffalo. They can't, ben can't throw three interceptions against Cincinnati and win. I said that at the beginning. I'm going to say it now. He cannot afford to have that kind of game again. That Le'Veon has to have a good game, and it's going to have to do this again, obviously. Defense has to have a good game. It has to be a full, you know, special teams, offense, defense, all have to play well to beat Cincinnati on the road. Look, we said after Indy and after Cleveland, right, that those, oh, well, yeah, I mean, they won those games, but it was against lesser opponents, so whatever. But then after the Giants win, we're like, oh, well, those were just warm-up games, and then we that got us ready to beat the Giants. Well, the Bengals have just beaten the Eagles and the Browns, and yes – the Eagles are playing like shit right now, and the Browns are the Browns. So those, them beating those teams don't scare me. Right? I don't think the Bengals are, are a good team now. But they certainly have a ton of confidence coming into this game. They still have the revenge factor from the playoffs last year. They're going to be in front of their home crowd. Um, and when we played them last time, it wasn't as though we just went out there and crushed them. Right? Ben didn't have a good game. AB, AB didn't have a good game. That was a sloppy game in the rain. Um, the Bengals is still a losable football game, right? Anytime the Steelers go to Cincinnati, it's a losable football game. So that's uh, look. Yeah, I mean the Steelers can win the game; they're capable of winning the game. But like you said, I mean the guys got to—they got to play—they got to play good football. You can't you know, Ben can't come out and throw three interceptions every week. I mean, and that's not what we're saying. Mike and I are like saying, hey, you know. I'm I'm not worried about it because it's not going to happen again next week. Now, if it happens again next week, well, now now it's like, hey, you know, really, if that's the quarterback we have, a three interception per week quarterback at any given moment, well, we're not going anywhere anyway. Um, so, uh, you know, but I don't I don't think that's happening. Um, I I I think the Steelers have the talent advantage. The Bengals are playing poor football. Um, and uh, and I, I think the Steelers are thinking playoffs, and I think they they're kind of a team on a they seem like they're a team on a mission now. I mean, you don't go to Buffalo and have a performance like that um, if you're not you know if you're not believing in in your destiny. Yeah, I think this game against Cincinnati isn't really going to be about talent versus talent. This is going to tell us how focused is this Steeler team for down the stretch and for the playoffs. You know, are, are they practicing? Are, do they think, oh, we're on a four-game winning streak and Cincinnati's got a losing record, so we're just going to walk in there and it's going to be easy? And no one really thinks that, but sometimes sometimes you just don't have that urgency that you should have. And the Bengals, you know, the Bengals want to win. They're, they're basically, they have good players. They were supposed to be a good team, and maybe the ball didn't bounce their way a few times, and now they have a bad record, but they're going to come out to play, especially against the Steelers, so... This is going to tell me, tell us, how focused is this team? How serious are they about this uh, going down the stretch and being ready for the playoffs? Yeah, it's very. It would be very easy for this team to look past Cincinnati and look forward to that game against Baltimore on Christmas Day. The Steelers win against Cincinnati. The the division is over. It is it is a done deal. They will win the division. Um, but you're and you're right, Mike. That that is it is very easy for this team, and we've seen them do it in the past. Of just completely looking past the team. Oh, we're going to beat them. It's not a problem. Um, and then they come out. They, they're flat. The other team's on a mission, and it's just a buzzsaw game. It could be that against Cincinnati. It absolutely could be that. I don't think it was. I, I can't imagine. I mean, you're talking about, what is this, week 14? Is that what we're going into? 15. Week 15. Oh, 15, 16, Okay. Yeah, so week 15 against a division opponent, and you're looking past them. I mean, I know there's a showdown with Baltimore coming. 
but that's in that's in your home stadium. So I, I don't know how I don't I, I don't know how you know you look to that when you could put yourself out of the conversation by losing. I mean I know you, I guess you don't put yourself out of the conversation by losing this game, but my my goodness, uh, you know, and it, it's not just that. Um... It's not that I think that they would come out and just totally lay an egg or just think that uh, they're going to look past them because Cincinnati is so easy. It's that I think Cincinnati is going to be up for the game. And so they need to come into this game like as if they're playing the Patriots right. or as if it's the Ravens. or you know, They need to be ready to play toe-to-toe because I, I think the Bengals are going to play well and it's going to be a tough game. And I just, I just hope our guys are up for the challenge. Are ready for it yeah i know they can be up for it yeah this is this is and you know the other thing that worries me about this game is how chippy these kind of games get and how and how that part of it right the kind of the the after the play stuff right it, it, it played a big role in what happened last year in cincinnati in the playoff game um you you've got to figure that with perfect back uh pac-man's going to be playing in this game that that kind of chippiness is going to be there again, right? I, I don't expect that this game is going to be just a, an immediate blowout for the Steelers. They haven't played that kind of football recently, right? It's been more ground and pound, and we're going to take away what you want offensively, and we're just going to. And by the end of the game, we are just going to have uh, worn you out, right? And in that style of game, there's going to be a lot of chippiness, and there's there's going to be a, a lot of extracurricular. And the Steelers have been susceptible to getting stupid penalties at stupid times. And those early down penalties kill these kill Steeler drives, um, and that can kind of keep Cincinnati in the game. The other thing that worries me about that kind of chippiness is any sort of injury in this game kills the Steelers. Right, last year against Cincinnati, Le'Veon got hurt on what was a borderline dirty play by Perfect um, in the first game, and then in the second game, Roethlisberger gets injured on what I believe was a completely dirty play by Perfect, um, and then of course the AB play. In the exact same game, right? All three guys, boom, 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 perfect. Took out the, the full three. Um, no, but that kind of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a nothing game against Cincinnati, and the Steelers should just win. Um, and and we're, you know we're better than them. We have Baltimore coming up, and but it's all it, if if anything like that happens, if there's any kind of BS, we're screwed. We're absolutely screwed. That's a good point because it means nothing to the Bengals, right? Means everything to the Steelers. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know what you do about that. I mean, you got Perfect is a dirty player, and so is Pac-Man, and so and those guys were not in the. Well, Perfect wasn't in the game in Pittsburgh. I don't remember Pac-Man, Pac-Man was. was or what. Pac-Man was okay. So um, yeah, I mean, Perfect's going to change the. He's going to change the the the, um, the the atmosphere in the game for sure. Uh, because he's just that—he's just a filthy scumbag. Um, and, and you know, when I watch the Bengals, and I don't even know his number. That he's, is he fifty-five? Yeah, he's is that 55. what his number is? Yeah, he's fifty-five. Okay, so okay, but I don't know him. You know, like I, I don't watch and I go, "Oh, that's him." Like I can't, you know. I, but when I watch the Bengals play and I see a dirty player, I go, "Holy crap! That was a, that was a that was a terrible hit." It's always him. It's always him. It's always perfect. He's yeah. he's he's in on every nasty, dirty, stupid thing that goes on. And and I'll just tell you that um, I mean I, you know, look I'm not I don't work for the Steelers you know I'm not I just tell you how I would handle it football's a man's game if this guy if this guy hurts one player with any kind of questionable call I'll tell you what dude I put a target guy out there I put what the Saints <laughs> did I put what the Saints Bounty did game. to shame buddy I put what they do to shame yeah I mean I you know call it Hitman they'll be making a video game out of it. We're going to go from uh, Deflate Gate 2 to Bounty Gate 2? Oh, Deflate Gate 2. I forgot what it is. It's a non story, but that was funny. Yeah, it's a Bounty Gate 2. Yeah, I mean, well, listen. Perfect. That, that's that's my big. I, honest, to be honest with you guys, that is my biggest worry. I don't even care. Steelers win. But I got to tell you, if you put a bounty on Perfect, okay, you could put that on the headlines of every sports city newspaper in the country. And outside of Cincinnati, there'd be nobody that would have a problem with it. <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, it's one thing when you're targeting the other guy's quarterback and their running backs. It's like, hey, these are the stars of the league. Perfect is a scourge on the league, okay? And so what? Which, what sports fans are going to go, oh, yeah, he shouldn't have put 
No, man, they'll send they'll send you flowers. Yeah, they got to the Steelers got to get out of this game healthy. They a hundred percent have to get out of this game healthy. They have to win first of all, win by and it doesn't have to look pretty. Throw style points out the window. It's going to be a dirty game. It's in Cincinnati. Perfect's in it. It's going to be a dirty game. We know that. Um, but just win this football game. Get in to the to the Christmas Day game healthy, um, and let's just beat the shit out of the Ravens. Because my God, can we talk about that game last night? The Baltimore Ravens are a bad football team. We knew they were a bad football team. They proved they were a bad football team last night, and yet, and yet, New England tried to just gift them a football game. But they sure did. I told you. I told you. So I'm going to be very quick, Mike, and then you can make a real point. I told you a long time ago. Joe Flacco is Forrest Gump, the quarterback. <laughs> They, they let, I mean, it, it was hard for us Steelers fans to watch that game because you're really rooting against both teams. Uh, however, we did need New England to win. We wanted Baltimore to lose. So, it, yeah, it was frustrating because it was what? It was 21-7. They basically gave them 14 points. Yeah. Or I can't remember the exact score, but they gave them 14 three. points. 23-3. to three. The, the, the Patriots had just scored. Then the Ravens go three and out on the very next drive. And now the game is extra over. Um, then they punt, and the freaking idiot lets the ball hit him in the foot. In the foot! And they get it at, like, the three-yard line. Boom, touchdown in two plays. Then on the ensuing kickoff, now it's, okay, so now it's 23-20. to 20. On the ensuing kickoff, immediate fumble at the 15-yard line. Boom, spot him at the 15, three plays later, touchdown. And now, out of nowhere, it's 23-17. to 17. Then New England went three and out. I don't want to relive the whole game, but then New England goes three and out, and they kick a field goal, and it's 23 to 20. And I'm like, holy shit, the Ravens are actually going to win this game. And then they showed their true colors, and they sucked again. But my God, far too close. For what was an ass kicking early. What was an absolute ass kicking early. And another thing I want to talk about in that game is uh, I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but I don't care. New England's defense sucks. Like not they're not like oh they're not that good. They suck. They cannot tackle. You want you you think the Steelers couldn't tackle earlier this year? No 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 no. The Patriots cannot bring a guy down. The first, I I would love to go back and someone put together a chart of every play where the first defender to hit the guy with the ball actually brought him down. Because I guarantee you it was like thirty percent or twenty percent. They they never brought the the first guy never brought him down. They cannot tackle, and Le'Veon will eat that shit up in the playoffs. They look sloppy, and even their offense, I mean, they have a couple of young receivers that are kind of coming into their own now, but I think it's a little too, this is the Patriots, I think it's too little too late for them. They might be, they might make an impact next season, but I don't know, they're just going to have to, you know, pull it out the way they always do uh, in the playoffs with short passes and, and the no-name guys. I don't I don't know if they can make a run, though, like that. And then especially, like you're saying, with the sloppy tackling, and now they can't even they can't even uh, receive a punt. They put two <laughs> guys back there, and they don't know what... I mean, it's almost to your advantage to just punt the ball. If you, you know, yeah, you know no, if it's that, that whatever, guy, fourth, it should just, just go ahead and punt. They've, you never they've, know. They can fumble. They have the most fumbles of any special teams unit in football. It's crazy. I'm surprised Belichick is, is uh, allowing that. You know, while we're talking about this game, I want to talk about one play. I think it was um, uh, the Ravens were on their first field goal attempt where the Ravens have this kicker, yes. Tucker, that hasn't My missed man. a kick the whole season, right? And so the Patriots, they time the snap. The guy jumps over the center, doesn't touch anyone, doesn't land on anyone, and he blocks the kick. And that's legal now, yeah. right? As long as, you don't, as long as you don't land on anyone. But I also heard that if you touch anybody when you're hurdle over the center, then it's a penalty. So, yeah, so basically um, the, the guards next to the center, all they have to do is just come up and just touch them. Right. And then it's a penalty. Yeah. And if they really hit him, if they, or, or just threw a, an elbow or shoulder into him, he's going to go flipping. Right. So I, I think that's going to stop soon, as soon as teams catch on to that, because all you have to do is just reach your arm, arm up, it's a penalty. It's insane how many times it's happened. I think that's like the third time that's happened this year that someone has completely jumped the snap, uh, touched no one, and then blocked the kick. 
I think it's the third, third or fourth time it's happened. I know Cam uh, Chancellor did it earlier this year. I believe yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta did it, and then. Uh, or it was against New Orleans or something, right? Wasn't that a a two point conversion? Oh, Denver did it against New Orleans. That's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, won the game because they won the game on it. They won the game on that play. The, the reverse two or whatever it's called. I actually think it makes it interesting, and I, w- I kind of wish that it wouldn't be a penalty if you landed on people so that they would do it more often. And Everyone just makes it, it makes it, yeah, well, it you know what's good about it more is, interesting. Is the, the, the cheap shit uh, last second field goal, now you have a, you have a defense against it. Because yeah. Except if you, you screw it up, lose. you give it so like, so No, no. Well, well, yeah, okay. You can still so try to block it, you though. Do it again, right. The point is just do it again, right, because right. 15-yard penalty, and sooner or later it's half distance to the goal. I don't care. I'll block 20 of these. You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. So, it's the old Mike yeah. strategy of the game can never I mean, end. That's, That's well, right. It's just, it's just um, well, I guess at some point you fake the field goal and just run it in then. <laughs> you, just keep, you just keep trying to time it. But, uh, You're wrong every but time. Well, it's it's right nice time. that, you know, that the cheap crap field goal – you know, where, you know, you got a guy you get, you make it to the forty yard line or thirty five yard line, you get a fifty five yarder, and you and you win the game, um, and there's no defense for that. Now there's a defense for it, and I don't care if I get a fifteen yard penalty because it, the game the game's over anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I I, I do love that the uh, the announcers were taught. I mean, if you don't think the announcer jinx is real, watch last night's game because they jinxed twice. Twice they jinxed in this game. They were number one. They just, when when Tucker came out there, you would have thought this is the greatest kicker in NFL history. He's, he's God's gift to kicking. Uh, I mean, he's, oh, my God, he's never missed. He's so good. He's unbelievable. What a great kicker. You know, he's never missed this year. Will he miss this year? And then, boom, immediately blocked. Um, and then, like, you know, two, two series later, they're talking about what a great spe- job Belichick special teams has done. And they were talking about how – Belichick thinks his special teams coach should be a head coach. Okay, they're talking about this, and what happens on that play? Boom! Guy hit, the guy uh, that hits his foot, fumble, and then they get they give up another one in the uh, the Malcolm Mitchell fumble. Uh, John Gruden and uh, Sean McDonough jinxed like three plays last night, and it was fantastic. All right. Do we need to go over any other playoff scenarios before we uh, before we wrap this thing up? I think we've. I think well, we've... Uh, let's. I mean, do you want to talk about what if we lose to the Ravens, or that's not good to talk no, 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 about? No, 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 no. We can talk about the next. We'll, we'll talk about the next week. I'll have you guys. I'll probably have you guys back on next week. You know, we might we might make this a thing for the end of the year. Down the stretch. We're focused for the playoffs. We're, focused, we're, we're, we're focusing in. We got the, we got the band back together. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll do a three man pod from here on uh, on out on to Houston. I do want to say if you're if uh, I discovered a new website today, uh, and I the playoff machine is good, but this site and Joe, you might have to cover yours. You might not like this, but this site is. So good. It is the best tool you can use for figuring out the the different ramifications of each game. The New York Times up they call it's called the Upshot. Um, it is a NFL playoff simulator. Um, it, you, what you do is you go in and you choose the scenario you want. Right, you take your team. You say the Steelers. Okay, how does the Steelers get? the number two seed, or how does the Steelers win the division, or how do the Steelers make just make the playoffs in general, right? And then it will show you every game that's going to happen. And you put, you can, and it will show you in green, if this happens, it helps your team. And if, and if it happens, here's the percentage that your team is likely to do the thing you want, right? So right now, if you go to the page, it says the Steelers have an 85% chance of making the playoffs right now, right? And then you can say, okay, what if they beat the Bengals? It goes up to 94%. Now, what if they beat the Ravens? It's 100%, right? Because they would win the division at that point. If, uh, if the, you, know, you can go down the line, though, and you can also see, without putting any Steelers stuff, right, you can just see other games, right? So right now, if you look at Week 15, it shows that the e- if the Eagles were to beat the Ravens, the Steelers' playoff chances go up to 88%, right? And so using this tool, you can figure out all kinds of crazy, like how do the Steelers end up with, if they could end up with the sixth seed, well, how do they end up at the fifth seed? Or how do they end up at the fourth seed? 
right? Um, and, it, and instead of you having to do it yourself and try to figure it out yourself, it's kind of helping you through it. It's a very cool tool. It's at the NewYorkTimes.com. Just search for New York Times Upshot Playoffs. Um, and you can do this for the Steelers use for any team. I was doing it, I, I did it uh, yesterday to help to see how the Chargers could get in the playoffs. Uh, which, by the way, is not – if somehow the, the, uh, uh, the Dolphins and the Broncos both tank down the stretch, the Chargers have like a weird way to get in that's not like completely implausible, especially considering the Dolphins' schedule and the Broncos' schedule down the stretch. And the Dolphins hurt quarterback. Oh, and you know what? We do need to talk about that. That's the last thing I did want to talk about tonight. So considering what happened this week, the Dolphins lose Ryan Tannehill probably for the rest of the regular season. He may return if they were to make the playoffs. And then the Broncos lose to the Tennessee Titans, by far their easiest game left on their schedule. That now means that the sixth spot in the playoffs is no longer as obvious as it was before and is we're looking increasingly likely that 10-6 and six will – definitely get you into the playoffs and nine and seven probably does get you in the playoffs and the Steelers are very likely to get the three seed if they were to win the division and you know who's very likely to go nine and seven if the Steelers go 11 and five to win the division don't say it the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> don't say it <laughs> if we win the division lose the Ravens in the playoffs uh been there done oh, that hey yeah. been there done that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to just bury him. The Eagles got to beat him, and then we got to bury him. So, did you say, I mean, even if they beat the Eagles next week, I think you said in your playoff scenario there, which we're not really going to get into, but I do want to know one thing. If we win the next two games, we clinch the division? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because the, we already, we have, two we already game have a game yeah. on them, yeah. So, if they lose again, they can't. We, if we win one plus the Ravens, it's over. So, yeah. So maybe we clinch the division, and then we give Cleveland their first win because we rest all of our guys. Oh, the Browns yeah, go 1-15. We, we could just give them a win. No, we shouldn't do that. We should, you gotta, again, you don't, that's the other thing. You don't rest in this run, Tomlin. Right. Okay? Even though I think you're running Le'Veon too hard, and I think that Le'Veon is, you know, there's a, you're increasing the likelihood of something bad happening to him health-wise, uh, you still you have to just continue this. It's the only way that this works is to just beat every team the same way down the stretch, continue to play the same kind of football, get this team used to winning, believing that it's going to win. Um, there is no dominant team in the NFL. This team can beat anybody. It just has to continue playing at this level. I did like one thing Tomlin said when they, when they asked him about if he's looking at playoff scenarios and things like that. He said, we are only looking in the stadiums that we're playing, and that's as far as we have to look. Right. Take care of business in the stadium you're playing, you win the division. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, this, the, but, the, uh, but if, they do, if they do do that, then they're li- we're very likely to play the Ravens twice, so is, my, is the point I'm getting at here. We're playing the Ravens on Christmas, and then we're very likely playing them the, uh, the second weekend in January. Which would be the 8th of January, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so, there you, to, so there you go, Tony. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of significance Happy to that. Happy birthday to me. That's not going to happen because, I mean, the the playoff contenders who are going to knock the Ravens out of the wild card, you got either the Chiefs or the Raiders. That's going to be one of them. And the Broncos, they'll be there, but either Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee or the Texans. Yeah, but they can only go nine and seven. They all lose to the Ravens at nine and seven in tiebreaker. Based on what? Based on head to head. I think conference. But no, they don't know. I mean, Miami. Yeah. Here's what we need. No, here's what we need. This is this is the truth. The Dolphins have to beat the Jets. Even though that screws us if we were to lose a division, because we we lose the tiebreaker to the Dolphins. Right. We're big Dolphin fans on. On Saturday night. That's this Saturday? This Saturday night. Dolphins-Jets. It's in New York. The Dolphins are definitely going to lose that game. But we got to be big Dolphin fans. The Dolphins win that one. Then that, that puts them up to nine wins. Uh, 
then they got to they, they you got to hope that New England clinches everything before the last game of the season, and then it's Dolphins Patriots last game in Miami. I mean, hell, even if it's not, the Miami has one fluky ass That's game true. against New England in the past. Yeah. And the Steelers could use a little bit of revenge against Miami, by the way, because that was a dumbass game that we lost, and we definitely would beat them if we played them again. So. That's true. So yeah, so right. if you're looking, we're Dolphin fans. Yeah, if you're if you're looking for this week for what you want to happen, if you're a Steeler fan, uh, you want the Eagles to beat the Ravens, obviously. You want the Dolphins to beat the Jets in order to increase the likelihood the Ravens don't make it. You also want the Broncos to beat the Patriots in order to increase the likelihood that the Ravens don't make it. But on the other hand, if those games went the other way, it helps the Steelers make the playoffs as the wild card. Um, there is very much a chance it is almost it is almost impossible for the Steelers to not make the playoffs if they were to go 10-6 and six and their only loss is to the Ravens. So, um, anyway, use that upshot tool, the New York Times upshot tool, because it's fantastic. All right, that's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, anywhere you can find podcasts, we're on there. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash SteelerCountry, and we will see you next week.